Well, good morning, Stone Church. It's good to be here with you this fine Sunday morning. And it's, uh, it's a wonderfully warm day. It's, uh, or at least it was when I came in this morning. And uh, I'm looking forward to just the changing of the seasons because I've been, I've been pretty weary uh, these past couple of months. But um, as we say, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. And so this morning, I want to just open with, uh, with a phrase that we don't normally hear um, here on a Sunday morning, and it's this. In nomine patris et fili, et spiritu sancti. Amen. Many of our brothers and sisters in a more traditional faith would be quite familiar with the Trinitarian formula of in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And while we aren't a fellowship that falls under a quote-unquote traditional faith movement, we are no less removed or in tune with the work of the Holy Spirit. Do we believe in the Father? Check. Do we believe in the Son? You bet. In the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. You see, Stone Church aligns itself with the Pentecostal movement, and this means that we believe and have the understanding that the work of the Holy Spirit isn't discounted or irrelevant, but rather an integral part of our faith expression that emphasizes the direct personal experience of God through baptism of the Holy Spirit. Our faith movement is built on this spirit empowerment, and the power that we receive through the baptism of the Holy Spirit is one that we cannot ignore. You see, I was brought up in the Korean Presbyterian faith, and this means that we were as stoic as the Vulcans and as weary of outsiders as the Romulans, and if you know, you know. But nary a hand be raised in worship, let alone a hallelujah, and anything more than a side-to-side shuffle, and you'd be branded an evangelical. And if you're Korean, don't at me, or Presbyterian for that matter. But I specifically remember one Sunday morning, a new person came to the English-speaking service, as we called it, and on the outside, he was one of us. He was Korean, he was a Christian, but then he let it slip. During worship, we could hear him speaking in a language that was definitely not English and definitely not Korean. And I asked my parents about this, and they told me that it was the gift of tongues. They knew what it was, but they didn't understand it. They told me that it was when you just lose control of your mouth and words come out. Now, God bless my parents because they really, they really tried their best, but they just simply didn't know and, and didn't understand. And frankly, the church feared it. This new member didn't last long as word quickly spread about his gift and he left shortly after. And one can only speculate as to the rumors spread in the gossip mill of the Korean community and having experienced it once I too left for another church, I can only imagine what was said about him. But this experience opened my eyes to the book of Acts. And when I left, I went to a, a Pentecostal church to learn more. It took years of praying and asking to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and someone actually speaking into my life and praying over me to recognize that I had a block and it was one that was deeply rooted in my upbringing. And it wasn't until I was able to identify and repent of that blockage that I was able to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We'll get to that later, but let's first lay down the foundation. Have you ever had an experience where you just knew that you should take a different way home, or perhaps you felt like you needed to apply for a certain job, or uh, maybe you have even more incredible experiences like hearing someone tell a story and just knowing something inside you tells you that they're not being completely honest, or 
Um, you knew someone needed to get a phone call at that exact moment, so you called them up and you had this incredible, deep, meaningful conversation with them. Maybe you felt the urgency to pray and later found out that the subject of your prayers were in a time of desperate need and at that exact moment. You can choose to chalk it up to intuition or some other rational explanation. But I challenge you this morning to recognize the prompting of the Holy Spirit working in your life. Whether big or small, new Christian, old Christian, or even non-Christian, God is speaking to you. Incredible stories are, are written and told each and every single day as people listen and obey the direction of God. Today, many of us feel as though God doesn't speak to us anymore. And no, most of us don't hear God's voice as they did in the Old Testament. But he still speaks to us today. You see, scripture tells us that God will send us a constant companion, someone to live within us and to recognize his voice and to affirm the feelings and directions that we receive from our Heavenly Father. And Jesus always said in his years of ministry that we will one day receive the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would empower us and equip us to deal with persecution and the difficult road of life. But it's up to us to receive him. Jesus knew this and told this to his disciples repeatedly, he told them time and again that the Holy Spirit gives power to persevere. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to John chapter 15. We're going to read from 1518 all the way to John 16 verse 15. So let's read together. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would not love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I choose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they knew not, do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness, because you've been with me from the beginning. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you and will think he's offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you, that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But I, because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment." Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. 
for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. You see, this long section is tied together by two important themes. The opposition of the world against the church and the ministry of the Spirit to and through the church. In the preceding verses, Jesus had been talking about love, but now he's talking about hatred. And it seems incredible that anyone would hate Jesus and his people, but that's exactly what the situation was in the context of this passage. And some of that hatred came from religious people. In a few hours, the religious leaders of Israel would begin condemning their Messiah and crying out for his blood. Jesus had openly taught his disciples that one day persecution would come. He mentioned it in the Sermon on the Mount and in his commissioning sermon when he sent out the, the, the disciples to minister. In his sermon denouncing the Pharisees, and there was a similar warning given in his prophetic message on Mount Olivet. Throughout the Gospel of John, it is evident that the religious establishment not only opposed Jesus, but even sought to kill him. And as he continued his ministry, there was a tide of resentment and then hatred and then open opposition against him. So the disciples should not have been surprised when Jesus brought up the subject of persecution, for they had heard him warn them and they had seen him face men's hatred during his entire ministry. Until the Lord returns or until we die, we must live in this hostile world and, and face continued opposition. But how can we do that? What's the secret of victory? What's well, the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives? This is the key section in the upper room message about the Holy Scripture and his ministry, or about, sorry, the Holy Spirit and his ministry. Having concluded in the previous section on the hatred of the world, the focus then shifts to Jesus' concern for the disciples and the supplying of the divine resource of the Spirit to assist them in coping with the hostility that they are to experience. See, the coming of the paraclete is based on the sending of the Spirit from the Father by Jesus. The pronoun used of the Spirit here is the masculine case, which is echonus, uh, or sorry, echanos, which might normally seem to be unusual because the referent noun pneuma, or spirit, is a neuter, but John undoubtedly considered the Spirit as a personal being and not as something impersonal or just a mere force. Before we study this passage and see the threefold ministry of the Spirit to the church and the world, we need to first pause and remind ourselves just who the Holy Spirit is. So first is that the Holy Spirit is a person. Jesus referred to the Spirit as he and not it. The Holy Spirit has a mind. He has a will and emotional feelings. In John uh, 15 verse 26, all three persons of the Godhead are mentioned. Jesus the Son will send the Spirit from the Father because the Holy Spirit is a person and is God. It means that the Christian has God indwelling in his body. If we did not have the Holy Spirit within, we would not be able to serve the Lord in the present evil world. We are to walk in the Spirit, we are to worship in the Spirit, and witness in the Spirit. Christians can stand and withstand in the midst of the world's hatred because of the special ministries of the Holy Spirit. Now please understand that there is actually a difference between receiving the Spirit at conversion and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
You can find references throughout Scripture that point to the, the soterious work or the salvific work of the Holy Spirit. But you will also find that there is the dunamis or power of the Holy Spirit. All throughout John the Baptist's ministry and Jesus' ministry, there was always the expectation that Jesus would give us the Holy Spirit. Through all the Gospels, there are verses like Luke 3.16, which said, John answered them all, saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming. The strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And that moment finally came on the day of Pentecost, the day that our fellowship got its name from. The disciples were baptized with the Holy Spirit. I just want to read to you a portion of Acts chapter 2. It said, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, speaking of Jesus, Peter declared to the gathering crowd at the pouring out of the Spirit. He said, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth this which you have both seen and hear. And maybe it's fitting that we're talking about spirit empowerment now in the middle of our series called Made for Mission. While today's sermon is technically part of the Essential Jesus series, it is is it not fitting that we find ourselves in the midst of that beautiful collision? To understand that ministry is powered by the infilling of the Holy Spirit, that we are given power from the Holy Spirit to withstand the rising tide of hatred and persecution that we will undoubtedly experience. That it is the work of the Holy Spirit that allows us to hear God's voice, to recognize it, to affirm it, and to obey it, and to remind us of what God has said to us. John 14, 26 says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Last time I stood here and spoke, I shared with you the urgency of preaching the gospel. Well, this urgency and spirit baptism go hand in hand. They weren't two separate things. If you, uh, if you missed um, the message, you can always go to um, our website or you can go to our YouTube channel. You can catch up on all the messages that you might have missed. They're always there for you to review. Um, but in case you need a refresher this morning, there was an urgency to preach the gospel because Christ is returning. And it was this urgency that motivated the founding members of our faith to go forth and make disciples. And make disciples they did, because the Pentecostal church was the fastest growing denomination in the Christian religion. But what we didn't have time for last time I spoke, and if you heard me, then you will understand that joke, was the importance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the role that it played in empowering our people to preach boldly and without hesitation that the first Pentecostals didn't just feel a sense of urgency, but they did great things through this spirit empowerment. They weren't uh, well-off people without a care in the world who just had every resource at their disposal, but they were everyday people like you and me. They received the Holy Spirit, and he gave them power to persevere. 
All of the growth in our fellowship is a direct result of people just like you and I receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit and going on to reach all people all over the world, planting churches, commissioning missionaries, meeting the needs of the weak and weary. In 1911, there were just 515 Pentecostals in Canada. Just a short 10 years later, there were 7,012. Jump ahead to 1931, now there's 26,349. Every 10 years, the numbers jumped significantly because we were bold. We weren't afraid to be shut down or embarrassed. Christ was returning, and everyone needs to know that he loves them, and he wants to welcome them into the fold, and that this gift can be theirs as well. And just as it was back then, it is also true today. No matter who you are, no matter what your past, long-time Christian or new believer, you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But you must be a believer. Some of you listening today might be saying to yourself, well, it only sounds like I'll face persecution if I'm a Christian, so then why would I want to become a Christian? Well, believe it or not, the answer to that question is actually found in the Bible. The label of Christian didn't actually even exist until the time of Jesus' ministry. But we read the answer earlier today in John 16, verses 4 to 5. It said, I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. You see, the people in the Bible were unbelievers too, or non-Christians. But they had the advantage of having the Son of God spend time with them, teach them and minister to them. But he's now since returned, and he says in John 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And what an advantage it is to have the Holy Spirit living within us, to be with us at all times. To interpret what God is saying from the very beginning, it was always God's plan to make himself accessible to us at all times, without the need to go through a mediary or to try be tied to a specific geographical location, but rather to simply look inwards and find him living within us. And if you're honest with yourself, you really believe that you couldn't use a little heavenly power? You may not believe or be a believer yet, but... Just because you don't believe in God doesn't mean he doesn't believe in you. He's the God of the heavens and the earth, the creator of our universe, and he knows who you are. He knows you by name. He's been pursuing you from the moment he crafted you in your mother's womb, and he's been speaking to you. You just haven't received his interpreter. So take a moment and ask yourself this question. What do you need to persevere in today? Is it your job? Is it your health? The Holy Spirit gives you power to persevere. You just need to invite him into your life. I want to do something just a little bit out of the box today and pray um, with, for anyone who wants to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So if that's you, then just type a quick message in our chat and our team will let me know. But I don't want you to take this lightly. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit means you will receive extraordinary power for Christ-exalting ministry. And when you do, it is your responsibility to use your gift, not to just sit on the side, but to be on the front line. If you're listening this morning and you're not a believer, but you want this gift, but then I want to first invite you to accept Christ into your life. And if this is you, please 
Just send a quick message in our chat and our team will let me know. As I had said before, it is a requirement that you be a believer to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So the worship team is going to come up and they're going to lead us in a song of worship. But before we do, we're going to pray for these two things. So first things first, our team is going to put a prayer up on the screen and we're going to read through it together. So it says this, Lord Jesus, I want to be found by you today. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. I admit that I'm a sinner in need of a savior and I'm inviting you to be mine right now. Come into my life, forgive my sin, live in me as my leader from now on. I believe you are a God who is forgiving. Amen. So if you, if you wrote into our chat or even if you weren't brave enough to do that but you, you still want to become a part of this church family, if you want to become a part of God's family, then I invite you to pray this with me now. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I want to be found by you today. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. I admit that I'm a sinner in need of a savior and I'm inviting you to be mine right now. Come into my life, forgive my sin. Live in me as my leader from now on. I believe you are a God who is forgiving. Amen. So if you prayed that prayer today, then I'd just like to be the first to say welcome to the family. Please take a second and, and go to connect.mystone.ca and fill out that connect form so that we can reach out to you. We have a gift and some materials that we want to send to you to get you started on your faith journey. And if you responded to our chat and let our team know that you wanted to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're gonna pray for that together now. So as the worship team um, just begins to lead us in this song. I want us to take a moment uh, and just prepare ourselves. So I want you to close your eyes. I want you to relax. Breathe in deep and breathe out. Relax and just listen. There are a few things that you need to know. Receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an exercise of faith. When you receive Christ as your Savior, you probably did not see him walk through the wall and you couldn't see him, but you received by faith something happened on the inside. And in that same way, something spiritual and unseen is about to take place. You are not receiving a new spirit, but just more of the same. The same Holy Spirit that you received when you accepted Christ into your life will also now fill you. And the last thing is that the Spirit does not speak in tongues. You do. This is important because it means that you have a part to play. The Holy Spirit will not overpower you to make you speak against your will, but you have to be willing to put into action the motion of moving your tongue and lips in faith. You need to let the air start flowing out of your lungs and start the motion of speech. No matter how foreign or silly it sounds, keep speaking it out. We're going to pray that God get to give you the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And after we pray, just keep breathing, relaxing, and receive. Keep speaking in whatever language the Heavenly Father has gifted you with. It's a language that is unique to you. It may not sound like the person next to you, but that's okay because it's not meant for them. It's meant for you. So repeat after me this morning. 
Father, you said ask and you shall receive. If I ask for the Holy Spirit, you would give me just that. Father, I ask you now for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now start moving your tongue and receive the Holy Spirit. You might feel heat starting from the top of your head and making its way down to your heart. Remember that in Acts, on the day of Pentecost, it said that, that tongues of fire came down and rested upon each one. So you will feel the heat starting from the top of your head and moving its way down to your heart. And from there, it's going to spread from the tips of your fingers to the tips of your toes. From your head all the way down to your feet. Receive the Holy Spirit. Let the tongue loose and speak out this morning. Keep it a bit of a...